concepts to can change your life today. Stand Philippians chapter 1. Paul writes to the Philippian brethren. Verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, uh, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet, what shall I choose? What not? For I, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Here ended the reading. I have a grandson. He's like I have several. And one of them Whenever he would call, he would ask this question. Pop up, how you living? Pop up, how you living? Now we are more sophisticated and dignified and we would say, how are you living? Pop up, how you living? I want to ask you a question this morning. How you living? How you living? Why are you yet on the planet? Why is it that you have not been transported? How is it? that God in all of his wonder, power, and wisdom would vest in us the most precious possession that he had, Christ, his son. Well, I know that we have our opinions, but the bottom line is the question this morning, how you living? What is your life counting for? I pray that that provocative word will move you 
into a new place in God. When you leave today, you will never be the same with an understanding of what it means to live and breathe and move and be located in whatever place God has stationed you. You mean more to God than you realize. This world needs you more than you realize. As the people of God, as the servants of the Most High. Take your seats. Here, St. Paul writes to his beloved Philippian congregation. He writes to them because they have shown him special care. Any pastor that has a people that care will always be a pastor that will be blessed. Doesn't mean they have to give you money. Doesn't mean they have to give you pieces of gold or silver. But just because they care. Paul was blessed that way. He found that whenever he was in dire straits of a situation, the Philippian church would always respond to his aid. They endeared themselves to him. So the, the, the relationship that Paul had with the, with the Philippian church was different to the one that he had with Ephesus and with the one that he had with even Corinth. But what stirred my spirit this week was when I considered that as Paul was writing to this Philippian congregation from a prison cell in Ephesus. He actually declares our life manifesto. In other words, the belief and the reason why we live and move and have our being. Because people, many, are not aware of why they are living. Particularly if they are believers in Jesus Christ and that they serve the living God. You become the embodiment of Christ. I'm going to be dealing with some deep theology in a few moments. It's important for us to understand this so that we just don't get up in the morning and get ourselves ready and go to work and get up and work ourselves and then become more Oh, God, I'm so tired. No, no. Your life and my life, my breathing, the breath I breathe right now must be that of emitting influence. 
no greater influence than to put somebody in mind of Jesus Christ. When your Bible's closed up and the saints have gone home, you'll still be emitting, manifesting Christ that even if there is no Bible. Yes, say it say it. We become living epistles. Read of men. My life counts for something. So with all your headaches, with all your burden, with all your concerns, with all your trouble, with all your trials, somebody ought to just give God praise right now that you are alive. Oh, 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 you think that's a light statement. That's very light. That's very light, Pastor. No, no. Paul was saying some deep things. Hmm? In fact, the theologian by the name of Pearson refers to this whole Philippian epistle as, what's this now? The disciples' balance sheet. The disciples' balance sheet. Why? Because when you read this epistle, there's a note of economy that runs through it. It talks about investment. It, it, it talks about the return on investment. Whether or not it's going to be credit or it will be deficit. Our lives count for something. You didn't get it. Our lives count for something. Whether you think it or not, whether you esteem me or not, it does not matter. Because I know my life counts for something. Whether they want me to be a part of the group or not, it doesn't matter to me. My life counts for something. Whether I have a job, don't have a job, my life counts for something. Whether I'm still renting or now I'm getting ready to buy, my life counts for something. You got to understand your life counts for something. I don't care whether people esteem you, elevate you or not, your life counts for something. And if nothing else, God says it counts for something. Stay with me. It counts for something more than you realize. Because God has chosen to let the investment of his son be in your bank. Never! I, 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 was never, I don't have a mother. I don't know what it is to have a mother. I, I don't know what it is to have a father, personally. I don't know. Some of you do. You're blessed that way. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. My life counts for something. Not because society 
says so. But because God says so. And God is so awesome that he will choose somebody that has nobody to make somebody so that somebody might get to know him. Your life counts. And not only does it count, it's profitable. Mm. Here's the affirmation, one. The affirmation is Christianity is not a mere adherence to a particular religious doctrine, dogma, or position theologically. Christianity is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christianity is Christ in you. With all of our idiosyncrasies, with all of our uniqueness and and all of our problematic ways, Christ in you. That if God, with all that you are and are not, chooses to vest himself in you, so that you, like a mannequin, mannequin in the showroom of a department store, who really is not the stock, but the mannequin speaks that there is a stock. The same dress that you see on that mannequin is in the storeroom. The same. Christ that ascended is in you. Christ in you. God have mercy. That thing just blew my mind. I said, oh my God. Christ in you. That's God's system. Method, if you please. Colossians chapter 1. Read it for yourself. Colossians chapter 1. You'll see that this business of having Christ in us. Listen to it. Colossians 1 verse 27 and and 28. Listen to it. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is, what is it? Which is, what is it? Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Whom we preach. That's what I'm doing this morning. Whom we preach. As we preach, what are we doing? We are warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present every man Perfect in Christ Jesus. God have mercy. We're waiting for some supernatural stuff to happen. But wait a minute here. God has no stuff going on in you. And no stuff vested in you. That you ought to be a living, walking, speaking, talking miracle. Hallelujah. The affirmation in the final analysis is Christ in you. 
<laughs> when you begin to feel lonely, and when you begin to perhaps enter in levels of despair, I want you to think of the investment. Think of who you are. Go look in a mirror and see yourself. And, and there's no greater mirror than this one. You see yourself in there. Listen to Paul. Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Watch this, watch this. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the light which I now live, I live by the face of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm living. I'm a living, walking testimony that Christ Jesus of Nazareth lives. He lives. He lives. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. Keep on living life. When you do it, it is to prolong the privilege of showcasing Christ. <laughs> Most of us don't even realize the power. We don't realize the extent of the influence that we have in just being able to testify Christ in me. Christ in me. So that wherever I go, I bear him. Even if you don't welcome me, I still go and bear him. If I'm alone, I bear him. In companies of vast groups, I bear him. In Amsterdam, Holland, when I was chosen to be a part of that international group that would be setting the agenda for the 21st century. Clergymen from all around the world were there, and in the midst of it, I felt so, I felt, what am I doing here? I mean, I, 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 <laughs> all kinds of PhDs and everybody else <laughs> had me and my, my, my wife. I was going to say my, anyway, but had my wife with me. And we were sitting eating some lunch. We would have to leave the room that was under guard. Officers guarded the gates when we were in there working with men and women from all around the world 
with all different socioeconomic status, educational attainments, but there was one thing common in there. We all were witnesses Amen. of the fact that Christ was in us. Yes. No other testimony, Christ in you. Yes. That's a big testimony. Yes. Before I knew it, Wilkinson that wrote the book, uh, the, uh, the Prayer of Jabaz, was sitting a few seats from me. Before we left, he said, I believe I'm in a special assembly and God told me if I could just get you to lay your hands on me. This book is going to rock the world as a witness. You know the story. He wrote the book. The Prayer of Jabez. I'll never forget it. As I had my hand laying on the side, on, the, on one side of his body, and, and uh, next to me was, uh, I mean, I don't know how in the world I got in the midst like that. But I was there, and there was an Indian with all of his, you know, regalia, hanging all the feathers all up against me. And we were all laying our hands on him, praying. And he said, this book is going to change lives. This book is going to do this. The book is going to do that. Well, the book did it. And, and look, and its first selling was over, watch this now, you ready? 40,000. Then it went on and on, went all around the world. Come on, somebody. Right now, I want you to just lift your hand wherever you are. And I want you to lift it, not because I'm asking you, but I want you to lift it to identify yourself as a child of God, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as one in whom God has invested himself through his son. Lift your hand up. I'm not ashamed of the gospel or the good news about Jesus Christ. And the greatest news this morning is Christ is in you. Oh my God. Christ in you makes all the difference in the world. You may never be in a pulpit to be the creature feature. But right there where you are, you're preaching, you're teaching, you're exemplifying, you're introducing Christ to the world. You don't know how powerful that is. Even those of you who are going through difficult times, painful times. I, I mean, when your heart is aching and your eyes can't just stop flowing with tears. It does not eradicate who you are. In fact, it may accentuate who you are. 
by the way you go through it. And with the understanding of why you are where you are. So that you might not be a deficit, but a prophet. Go to Acts chapter 7. And I'm referencing that passage because that's when we experienced the first Christian martyr. His name was Stephen. And the Bible says they were stoning Stephen. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. In other words, for what they're doing to me, oh God, as stones were bouncing off his body. But before they began to throw the stones, oh God, let me tell you what happened. Listen to me. They took off their robes and they put them and said to this young man here, you hold our coats. We're going to deal with this. When they went and stoned Stephen, as they were stoning him, somebody was holding their coats. When you read in that seventh chapter, you're going to see that the one holding the coast was Saul of Tarsus. No, he had not known the Lord. No, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Yes, and all like that. Set at the feet of Gamaliel. You know the story. But now he's holding their coats. So he is an accessory to the fact. I feel like shouting. But what Saul never knew was that as Stephen, who had Christ in him, as he was being stoned to death, said, I see the heavens open. And I see Jesus standing. Oh, my God. As he was dying, Jesus gave him a standing ovation. You can so live and so die until God will give you a standing ovation. The way you're living, the way you're dying. Why? Because you're important to him. But but here's my point. What we don't know is That if you keep reading over there in the Acts of the Apostles, you're going to see that Paul, who met Jesus in chapter 9, chapter 7, he was what? He was being stoned. Are y'all with me this morning? Chapter 7, he was being stoned. Right? Now, in chapter 9, Paul, or Saul, was on the road to Damascus, met Jesus, got converted. Jesus now vests himself into Paul. Are you with me? Uh, Who was then Saul? Are you with me? 
Okay? So, so guess what? Later on, Saul, who became Paul, watch this now, testifies. What chapter was it? Acts chapter 20. Check it for yourself. Verse 22. You're going to see that Paul is testifying. He's saved. He's anointed. He's appointed. He's, I mean, doing powerful work. He has been used of God to expand the kingdom by going to places like Paphos and all the other places that he went to, Iconium and all the rest of them, taking the gospel to Europe. Oh, my God! Paul now is testifying. He is saying the thing that moved me more than anything in the world was way back in chapter 7 when I saw a man dying. God. When he was dying, I saw Jesus. Lord have mercy. Yes, sir. I saw the Christ in him. Jesus. Now Paul said in that statement, watch this, he is saying that I declare that many of us don't even know who we're sitting beside. We have no clue as to the significance of our company. That's why we have to be careful how we treat one another. Because indeed, we get so frustrated that we don't do what we feel we want to do with our lives until we miss the real reason for living. How you living? How you living? The greatest gift Vested in you is Christ. Yes. Paul was converted on the Damascus Road in chapter 9, but he was convicted in his life in chapter 7. Somebody has been sent your way. Somebody has come your path and you didn't realize why they were there. You thought it was because of your hairdo. Or you thought it was because of your outfit. You thought it was because of your socioeconomic status. Or you thought it was because there's something very unique about you. Yes, there is. But, but they're not there for that. What attracts them, what draws them, like a magnet, Stanley, is Christ in you. Christ in you. Yes. I said, Christ in you. Yes, with all of my limitations and flaws. Christ in you. Yes, with my limited education. Christ in you. Lift up your head. Give God glory that God chose to vest Christ in you. The affirmation leads to an argument. I said the, the affirmation leads to an argument. So now we have argumentation. Now, with all that I've just said, there is a group known as the Gnostics. 
they purport Gnosticism. In comparative religious studies, we got to study about the Gnostics. The Gnostics was a group of quote, quote, intellect, religious intellectualists who believe it was nonsense to think that Christ would dwell in a human being. And that human being would be the means by which others would be attracted to Christ and make peace with God. They believe that's impossible. In fact, they believe that Jesus, when he walked this earth, was spirit walking, not body walking. They believe that Jesus was spirit, but not body. And yet, when you read in the gospel, turn to St. John, chapter 1. Let's read a little bit. Verse 14. And the word, that's Jesus, was made, and the word was made, and the word was made, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. What glory? The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mr. Gnostic, he was not only spirit, he was also body. Real blood came out of his side. Are you all with me here this morning? Watch what you read. Evaluate it. Evaluate it according to this. Otherwise, you're going to run after this and run after that. And in the middle of all of that, you're still wondering where. Jesus Christ was spirit and body. I said I was going deep in doctrine, didn't I? Hmm? Okay, now watch this now. See, 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 if we, if, if we, if we understand that, then we can, we can appreciate what Paul was saying in chapter 1 to the Philippians. He was really saying that I don't care how things look. I don't care what the world says. God already has a system in place and it's never been amended. When we were taking stands against that which is contrary to biblical teaching, I know where I'm going. And most of us were gripped with fear and trepidation about standing up for what we believe in the Word. And what the Word said. Because whether you believe it or not, the Word said it. 
And guess what? There's no amendment to this Constitution, I tell you. I don't care what society does. It remains the same. When we appreciate that, we, then we can say, like Paul in that chapter, uh, first, uh, Thessalonians, uh, that, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 20. And first Thessalonians ch uh, verse 20. He says, according to my earnest expectation. He says, and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But that with all boldness, as always, so now. Also, Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Christ shall be magnified in my body. The next time you look in the mirror, just celebrate. I'm not talking about your makeup. Or your beautification physiology. I'm not talking physiology now. I'm talking about the thought that me and my raggedy life, sinful, stained deep. The one Bible said, uh, song said, deeply stained within. And yet, the blood of Jesus that cleanses all sin when deep enough to clean you up from the inside out. And then before the enemy could occupy, he takes up residence. So wherever you go, you manifest Christ. Hallelujah. I don't care you about your company and I've been with millionaires. I've been around all kinds of people. My wife has on, on in the dining room table and whenever guests uh, are there, and by the way, Yulene was at our table and she was so captivated with all the pictures of certain people. You know him? You know him? It was all in the middle. You remember George? She was just captivated with the table. With, 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 I mean, the food was good. My wife cooks very good. <laughs> Believe me, she does. She cooks very good. Yes, she cooks, she cooks very good. She's quiet there now. But <laughs> she, all right, but, but, but Yulene was captivated with, with who some of those people were in the pictures. Let me tell you something. God will set you up that wherever he wants to get a witness, He'll make you show up there. And when you show up there, you got to be careful that you don't think, well, I'm here because you know what I'm saying. I know about sports and all that kind of stuff. And that, no, 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 no. You're there because of Christ. You're there because of Christ in you. So you ought to be able to walk with a totally different impression of yourself. Not that you're deifying yourself. No, but it's saying God made the investment in me. In nothing shall I be ashamed. But with boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in me. It's Christianity. 
in my life makes me a participation in God's incessant, perpetual appeal to the world. In Paris, when I was preaching there in a campaign, there was this waitress just marching up and down. It's always very detailed. We want to make sure we had everything as I was sitting there. At, at, the, at the main table. She was, she was just over on me. So after a while I said, how are you? She says, I'm fine. I said, good, thank you for your service. And she says, yeah, where are you people? Where are you from? I told her, Bermuda. She asked, Bermuda. I hear you in there. I hear you in there. I hear you in there. I heard something you said in there. I said, what was that? You were talking about Jesus. And she told us where she was from. The next thing I know, the woman said, I want Jesus in my life. Yeah. Wait a minute. I thought she was a waitress. That's what she had. But she heard about Jesus because a witness was given. In the conference center, yes. that woman was led to the Lord that day. Amen. And as she was led to the Lord, the next time we went in, she was just beaming from here to here. Oh, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Listen to me this morning. Your life, the rest of it must be used to do what you were sent to do. And that is not to be fixated on worldly stuff, but to understand that I'm here to keep the lights on. So that in this dark world, somebody will find their way. Because Christ is in you. Uh, the argumentation, the ascension. Wait, wait, wait. The ascension. This is where we have our problem. Our problem is that we get so fixated with being in the world. that when it comes time to leave the world, we have problems, major problems. It's because we have failed to appreciate that I'm not just a Christian one day and something else the rest of the week. No, I'm a Christian and Christ in you will so emanate from you until just like H.M. Riegel, when he was laying there dying, his eyes were closed and everybody was around, the, around his bed crying. He opened his eyes and he looked at them and says, Christ is with me.
you see him? Close his eyes again. God. Listen to me. This business of living is something that you and I ought to ever give God glory and praise for. But more than that, to know why I'm alive. So there'll be no question of how I'm living. I'm living to glorify him. I'm living to be a witness to somebody. I'm living. Because God still has his hand on my life. Listen to Paul, Romans 8. He said, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In us. The glory revealed in us. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Turn there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Listen to it. I'm going to read just one verse. Verse 20. You ready? Now he which establishes us. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. Got it? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Is that all right? Listen there. For all the promises of God in him are what? And what else? Unto what? How? Now. What's it now? He which established us with you in Christ hath anointed us is God who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the, of our, uh, the, earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you. What's it now? I came not as yet unto Corinth. What does that all say? Paul is saying, I'm a human being with the Spirit of Christ in me. Christ emitting from me. I'm still so human that I can't, I, I, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to come over there or not to Corinth. I just don't know. We still keep our humanity. Yes. So in the midst of our humanity, there's divinity. Yes. And the world can't handle that. that. I believe God called some people out of this world because the world just can't handle it. They can't, they can't handle the, 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 the brightness of God's glory. Yes. Stay with me. Because this glory of God is by us. Oh, the glory of his presence. We your Give you 
to know who you're with. There comes a point when God said, that's enough. Comes a point when God said, come on home. Come home. You have shone so brightly in the world. You have done what I've asked you to do. Come home. my labor will be ended. And all the cares of life shall pass. And the wheels of mortal life shall all stand still. And I shall go to dwell on science here. Someday God only knows just where and when. Someday, God only knows just where and when. And the wheels of mortal life stop and transport it. When God was giving me this word, I did not know that the Wilkinson and the, and, and, and the Ferberts in this family, I, I believe George was just so faithful. But I didn't see this. But what I want you to do understand is that the wattage of her glow and the brightness of Christ in her had so shone until God says now come home when you have done what you've been sent to do then your life can count for something beyond this world How you living? How you living? Hmm? We'll get my mortgage paid. <laughs> Pastor saw me just the other day. He said, what I want you to do is let me know how you could pay that mortgage off in the millions like that. How, how could you do that? I said to him, I said, sir, who you hooked up to? He said, what do you mean by that? I said, who are you hooked up to? I know why I'm asking you that. Who are you hooked up to? Because if you are pastoring people, 
then you're a leader. And if the leader don't know where he's going and how he's going to get God's will done, God have mercy on the people. How much time do you spend in his presence? Man, everybody ain't like you, Lamb. No! But everybody ought to be serving that one God. And if you do whatever he gives you to do, Celebrate it before you begin. Yeah. Celebrate it before you begin. That's why we will turn to the east. Don't you see the pulpit? Don't you see the choir stand? Don't you see all this? Don't you see? Don't you see? And nothing was over here. But a bakery building. that we had not yet bought. But we were celebrating this sanctuary. You all think I'm playing this morning? You start celebrating right now what God said he will promise you with. Celebrate it now. Stop running from person to person wondering how you're going to get it done. Celebrate it now. Hallelujah. And say whatever they want. Let them think whatever they want. I'm not involved in illicit anything, but I just believe God. And now, not one million is owed. It's all done. Stand up, stand, stand. I'm not finished. Let that anointing rest on your life. Let that anointing rest on your life. Let that supernatural anointing rest on your life. Beyond religion, beyond religion. Go and meet him for yourself and understand that because of the investment he's made in you, you have a right to every blessing that he promises. You have a right to it. Don't worry about it. One day we all ascend. <laughs> when God hits the switch and all the lights depart. Darkness, dense darkness, gross darkness. But even before we get there, just think of the light that you are bearing Christ in you. I'm through. The message is delivered. Thanks for joining us for this broadcast. We are so excited to have you here at First Church of God. 
we are making ready a people for the increase of the kingdom of God, influencing a generation for Christ and impacting a nation through the Holy Spirit. If you would like prayer or if you have a comment, call our prayer line in Bermuda call 441-296-3264 in the US call 855-254-6484 this is a time when people from all walks of life support the mission and vision of this ministry the Bible says that giving is a way that we worship God demonstrate our trust in him and live by faith. Generosity has little to do with how much you have. It has everything to do with the attitude of your heart and your faithful obedience to God. Many of you support and fund the vision of this ministry regularly. Thank you for standing strong with us. But if you're not giving, we invite you to come on board with us today so that we can reach people with the gospel at a new level. Today is a great day to get started. You can use the QR code to give on our website or simply go to fcogchapel.org and click the donate button. We pray that God will bless what's about to be given and that he would use it in a big way. Thank you.